grim, inappropriately violent, overlong superhero film that doesn't quite seem to understand the audience it's trying to appeal to, David Fincher fans? Serial killer film aficionados? Or have the confidence to create a style of its own, instead borrowing from several filmmakers, including David Fincher, specifically Seven and Aliens 3, Christopher Nolan, specifically his Batman trilogy, but a little from everything else he's done really, Ridley Scott, specifically Blade Runner, and, strangely, Brian De Palma slash Martin Scorsese, Goodfellas slash Casino and The Untouchables, The Mob Stuff, and Penguin as Robert De Niro look alike. Still, it has its moments, and if it weren't so freaking long, three hours? Goddamn, and include some really dumb woke BS in it that is extremely off-putting and instantly dates the thing and renders it moronic, it would actually have been pretty damn good. Nothing groundbreaking, and I really wish the filmmaker here had done something new with both the look-slash-style of the thing and the story rather than just create a pastiche of better films that came before it, but it's certainly one of the better superhero films to come out since, well, the last Nolan Batman film, and certainly more interesting and unique and engaging than anything that's ever come out of Marvel. DC, for all its failures, have had higher highs storytelling and filmmaking-wise when bringing their properties to the big screen than Marvel ever has. The Nolan Batman trilogy is the best superhero trilogy ever made thus far, by a long shot, followed a distant second by a few of the original X-Men films helmed by boy rapist Brian Singer, which are more popcorn escapist entertainment than anything that could be considered serious filmmaking, but work nonetheless in their own wacky way, behind-the-scenes boy rape notwithstanding. But with Nolan's Batman trilogy, nothing even comes close, especially out of Marvel which seems determined to put the final nail in a filmmaking coffin Michael Bay started building in the mid to late 2000s with his god-awful Transformer series. And, props to them, they are succeeding, as most people today, those who even watch films anymore that is, consider bland cookie-cutter trash like Spider-Man, no way home to be an example of a good film worthy of making over a billion dollars worldwide. Great job, folks. Disney and Marvel have succeeded in dumbing down your expectations to the point where stuff that would be considered mediocre at best just 10 years ago is hailed as amazing. Carbon copy repeat in 6 to 12 months, please. More nostalgia for films that came out 20 years, with a cherry on top. Multiverses now, oh my. What bottom of the barrel, money-grabbing scheme will they think of next? Or maybe audiences today are just dumber. Or maybe they've always been dumb and gravitated toward the newest shiniest flashiest spectacle with a side of nostalgia and I've just been too optimistic over the years. I remember making similar complaints when the Transformers films came out 15 years ago, but at least those were relegated to one every two to three years, as films only, and not in ever-expanding film and television franchises that dominated every goddamn corner of modern pop culture. So, yes, people are dumber, which is pretty damn alarming given just how stupid they were back in the mid to late 2000s to make crap like Transformers successful. Yikes. Anyway, this film, The Batman. So it has its moments, I like the acting across the board, especially from Pattinson, who looks ridiculous as Bruce Wayne with that emo haircut but dons the suit well, and Zoe Kravitz who is sex on legs, and Paul Dano was okay, a bit too much but whatever. I especially like Jeffrey Wright as Gordon, he just fits the role really, really well, and Andy Serkis was good too as Alfred. Colin Farrell as the Penguin, though, was something, not only does it not look or sound anything like him save a few moments here and there, even his mannerisms are completely different, clearly going for and successfully mimicking Robert De Niro in parts. I imagine the filmmakers here must have reached out to De Niro about the role and were turned down, or something happened, and decided instead to go with Farrell in a De Niro get-up. And hell, to their credit, it works. 
the only actor who was terrible and obviously awoke B.S. Shoehorn for diversity was the young teenage-looking black girl who plays the brave heroic equity hire mayoral candidate. Shame she's a god-awful actress, stiff, has no gravitas whatsoever given what the role requires, is unconvincing, and just plain annoying as hell whenever she's on screen. In what universe would a girl with the charisma of a lamppost and who looks like she's 15 be a mayoral candidate? Oh right, the extremist left's universe, where white people are always the problem and black women are always strong and, for some increasingly alarming reason, gay, and better in every way if they were just given a chance. Oh the oppression. They even give her character the last name real, cause, get it? So clever. If only she'd played the role in a manner that suggested she were a real person. Oh, well. And if you're going the way of identity-obsessed progressive ideology, which, if you're Hollywood, of course you are, why not go with a woman who can actually act? How about an older black actress with gravitas to play the role convincingly instead of a teenager with the personality of a worn shoe? A Viola Davis type? They do exist, you know. Hell, Zoe Kravitz herself could have taken the role and done something with it, just put a disguise on her, maybe another feral-slash-De Niro-esque prosthetic job, and let her have at it. Nope let's just hire someone we picked up off the streets to meet the quota. Well, this is what you get. Overall, the film has its moments, just not enough of them, which is odd given the freaking three-hour running time. Nolan was able to squeeze more action scenes in a two-and-a-half-hour film than this does in three. The only action scene I enjoyed, which there should have been more of as I think the film only has like two of them, is the penguin car chase, which was cool as hell and literally burns an iconic image into your brain. Sure, a lot of innocent people likely got seriously injured or killed in it, but who cares? Did you not see slow-motion Batman walking away from that explosion? So cool. I also liked the eventual face-to-face confrontation between Batman and the Riddler. It was very well written and performed. And a lot of the later scenes between Kravitz and Pattinson were quite good, and sexy. They have good chemistry, and the film leans into it rather than pulling away due to Hollywood's current OMG sex yucky. Mentality. Kravitz is also super-duper sexy, clearly sees it as a strength worth emphasizing rather than having to hide, and the film mercifully doesn't really shy away from it, which is how it should be, even though they had to make her character kind of gay via throwaway line. Can't win them all, I guess. But the length, the oppressive, nearly unrelenting serial killer 7S grimness, and the woke BS really take away from it. There's a very good movie here if they shaved a good half hour from it, got rid of all of the BS, and maybe added an action scene or two. Certainly better and way more interesting than anything that comes out of Marvel, but still a failure in many ways. But I've seen worse.